Did a Titans receiver just get a boost in a juicy matchup Sunday? Did a surprising Bears pass catcher just become a league winner? And did the Packers finally find their answer in the backfield? Plus, Football Guys Players Championship leader Todd Roberts joins us to discuss Jared Goff effect on Kenny Britt, gobbling up Packers receivers in his draft, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure with a number one commitment. It's all a joke between Monk and Drax and the Carpenters. Thank you very much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzakinetics on this unseasonably warm November evening. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to play a Yaman or Nine with the players in the Green Bay-Washington game Sunday night. Whether Zach Ertz should be in your FFPC lineups against the Seattle Seahawks and the Football Guys Players Championship Week 10 leader Todd Roberts joins us to explain how he's managed his team to the top and gives his opinion on whether Sammy Watkins should be rostered for the stretch run. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you guys will have in there. However, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can also give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. And also email the uh, show email inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us or for Todd, now is the time to get them into the email box, into the chat room, onto the Twitter, so that our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce can get those questions to us in the fantasy feedback section coming up later on in the show. Dave? Week 11, this is the final week for Football Guys Players Championship regular season and FFPC main event regular season. A lot is on the line this year. Our most important week so far in the fantasy season. Yep, I'm very excited. You are excited indeed. How are your Kentucky teams doing? Well, they're doing pretty well. Yeah, so you uh, have stuff on the line this weekend, or are they already decided? Uh, I have two teams that are going to make the playoffs for sure. One is probably going to be the Oh, that's probably the best record, most points. So that's a pretty good like one seed. Mm-hmm. And then one team out of the three is kind of on the outside looking in, but it's like in the fifth, it's in fifth place now. It's probably like ten points out of the four seed. All right. So it's got a, it's got a legitimate shot. But there's another team that's right around it. So there's like six teams that are fu- well, three teams in and three teams fighting for the four spot. Oh, very cool, man! It is going to be an exciting weekend for you. How about you, you Balky? Uh, you know, as I've said numerous times. <laughs> I went a little heavy on receiver this year, and it cost me. <laughs> you did. Huh? I have five Kentucky main event teams, 
One. Five. Five. Yeah, two onlines and three lives. How'd you get five? Two onlines and three lives. I mean, I know. I felt like I got shorted. I have a chance at making the playoffs. Not great ones in two of those three. One, I'm officially eliminated. The two onlines, I got a good shot at making the playoffs at one. And then the other one is in ninth place overall. So it's very, very good. Nice. Yeah. And uh, the auction, Kentucky auction team, looking very good as well. <laughs> nice. I want to thank uh, Roto World, Roto Pass, and Rob for tonight's rundown. also want to remind everybody to go to rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check out the latest episode of the High Stakes Lowdown with Triple J himself, Jimmy Wagner. This was a very fun episode to record. We talked a, a little politics about the money that uh, Jimmy pulled in on the Donald Trump victory when uh, he applied his fantasy football philosophy to uh, play some wagers on Trump and ended up cashing in because of it. Very fun episode. David Hubbard DM'd me on Twitter, said it was his favorite episode thus far as well. Got a lot of positive feedback on this one. It was a very good one. Nice. So very cool. Check that out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Let's get in to the football analysis. Deshaun Jackson is questionable for the week 11 Sunday night game against Green Bay with a shoulder issue. He has been a limited participant in practice this entire week. Last week, of course, he missed week 10 with the same shoulder injury. Jay Gruden said Jackson will be a game-time decision. As I said earlier, the Redskins play on Sunday night, so you are limited in your options. But that Sunday night game, Dave, is so juicy. It's going to be a high-scoring one. Would you be willing to roll the dice with trying to get a playoff berth on the line with Deshaun Jackson on a Sunday night, what could be a massive game for him? No, I wouldn't. If you had Ty Montgomery and Deshaun Jackson, would you wait on DJX? Yeah, then I would. I mean, they're in the same game, right? Right. Yeah. So then, so then you would. Okay. I'm just trying. <laughs> to, I'm just trying to. Well, because a lot of people aren't playing Ty Montgomery this week with the addition of Kristen Michael, I mean, James Stark's coming I guess back. Another few things about who else who are my other choices type of thing. I mean, DJX is not that awesome. Like, let's, not, let's be real. Right, but if let's be real screen, about the Green Bay secondary, too. Yeah, of course. He could have a 4 for 100 game. He could have a 0 for 0. He could still have a 2 for 20 game, even if he plays. For you, the possibility of a goose egg or a bad game, coupled with the fact that he could be game day inactive, not willing for you to risk it. No, I don't even really like him all that much anyway. Uh, that is a definitely a fact. Patrick Robinson for the Colts, listed as doubtful again for this week. Uh, he did not practice all week. Rashard Matthews obviously gets the bump here, and we bring this up because Rashard Matthews actually looked pretty good last week against the Green Bay Packers. Rashard Matthews, a guy that was signed in the offseason, Dave, to be the supposed number one receiver for Tennessee. That really didn't happen. And Mar- Mariota has been a, doing a very good job spreading the ball around all season long. Delaney Walker, obviously the number one option in that offense. But Rashard Matthews coming on potentially as the number one receiver in this uh, offense. Now, the thing to bear in mind is Patrick Robinson has not been great most of the season, so I don't know how much of a downgrade this is, but it will be a downgrade with the Colts having to substitute their uh, next backup corner in there for Robinson. Vontae Davis expected to be on Tajay Sharp most of the game, so Rashard Matthews going to be facing a backup corner from the already thin Indy corners. Well, this is totally cherry-picking stats, but in weeks 8, 9, and 10, uh, Matthews is the number 10 wide receiver. So it's like in the past three weeks, he's the number. He's, a, he's oh, wow. technically a WR. So the last three weeks. Yes. I did not realize it was that good. Okay. Yeah, so he's been very good the last three weeks. Like, Grant, whatever, very small sample size. Would, would you be playing him if you had him as, a, as, a, as your last flex? Possibly. I am for sure. <laughs> in Kentucky auction this week, 
He is, he is in our starting lineup. So many receivers. Because Rashard Matthews is that good this week. Yeah, it is a 14 team league. So when yeah. we, I guess when I found out that he was the number 10 overall receiver mm. in the last three weeks, mm-hmm. I quick penciled him into my lineup and, well, and put him in there. Don't miss the number 12 receiver, Taylor Gabriel. Another, another that, rock boy, that's, star. Yeah, I, I think that that is just a perfect example of how you can manipulate the stats to get them to say what you want them to say. Are you talking about Tyreek Hill at all in this, in this episode? We actually, I think, have an email coming Cause, up. Cause, well, let's just talk about this yeah, real quick. Yeah, he, we have an email coming up. All right, we'll talk about because he's in this list as well. And Yo, leave it up. Leave it up, right. and we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to it. ESPN Packers reporter Rob Demosky says he considers Jared Cook likely to play Sunday night at Washington. Cook, essentially all season, has had a foot issue or an ankle issue or both. Uh, he suffered a high ankle sprain in week three. He has not played since then. This is supposed to be a slow news week. I mean, did it no kind one, of is. No one, no one assaulted anyone. There, no one got in trouble. Um, not that I'm aware. Arrested, drug use. What is going on with the NFL? No one's getting in trouble. Yeah. You need these. Wide receivers like a T.O. You need the Randy Moss guys who are just spouting off. You know, Ocho Cinco. Yeah, exactly. What, where are the prima donna wide receivers? You get Brandon Cooks. He goes home, probably takes a nap, sleeps. Does some charity work. Girlfriend or wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's terrible. Yeah. Send some, we're, bir- we're send, send some birthday uh, wishes on Twitter to some fans. Yeah. And we're supposed to do a show every week. Yeah. And this is what they give us. Really unfortunate. All right, let's talk about the backup tight end for the Packers. I, Don't throw the tight no, ends. I would have never brought this up had this not been a FFPC show that requires tight end premium analysis. And I think this is interesting. Again, because of the high scoring game on Sunday night, Richard Rodgers not doing much in Jared Cook's absence. Is Cook a guy that you would look at playing as your second flex in an FFPC league? I. I would not be super interested in it. He could have a good game. It's going to be, well, again, I don't want to get into too much about this because we will play the Yaman or nine later on. There is a lot of fantasy action in that Sunday night game. Much as what what we said last week with that new England Seattle game, which we were very excited about because we're going to glean a lot of information out of that. And it lived up to its billing as a great game. It was a great fantasy game as well. And I think, we are on board for another one this Sunday night. In the vein of... The over-under is only 49. It's not even like that. I'll take the over. Make it happen. In the same FFPC tight end premium scoring vein, Dave, Zach Ertz returned to a full practice Friday. Now, this was a guy that uh, was limited. I don't even believe he practiced on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. Practiced in full today. Sounds like he's going to be good to go on on Sunday. However, it is against Seattle, which obviously has a very good defense. Over the last two weeks, Zach Ertz has seen 15 targets. He's caught 14 of them for 152 yards. This is a guy, I think, again, with a lot on the line this week, trying to improve your playoff seating, trying to make the playoffs, what have you. I think Ertz is a guy that really needs to be in lineups in the FFPC. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I don't really own him anymore, but I think you're right, actually. With Gronk out, uh, tight end's a little barren this week. And uh, Olsen had a bad game yesterday, so that's, uh, that's good. Yeah, that, that's another... Uh, that's good if you don't own him. We, we, and we'll, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Oh, let's, I, let's talk about these, these injuries of backup corners. Let, stuff. let, me, ask you, let me ask you something, because um, I, I have a lineup decision to make regarding Zach Ertz, and right now I have him out. Would you play Zach Ertz at the Seahawks, or would you play Eric Ebron at home against the Jags? Um, I'd probably lean to Ebron myself. I that's, just like Ebron better. That's what I have. That's what I have in there right now, and I think that's another game that could be a little bit crazy. This is one of those games where if you play Ertz 
and, and I'm telling people to play him because I think he will be good uh, or he will at least be a good start. This is one of those games where people like look back at why they missed the playoffs and be like, why did I play Ertz at Seattle? Oh, that's right. I was listening to that terrible podcast and Balky said to play him and that's what screwed me over. Yeah, I mean, Ertz is just not very trustworthy. Ebron has, I have more trust in Ebron when he's healthy than right. actually producing. We have uh, Football Guys Players Championship leader Todd Roberts coming up uh, shortly here on the show. We're going to talk to him about how he managed his team into first place, what he's doing to that squad to keep it up there going forward. Ty Montgomery, we don't have to talk about him a ton because he kind of poo-pooed it. And we'll get into some Kristen Michael discussion later on in the show. He did not practice Wednesday. Yesterday he practiced in full. Today he practiced in full. You know, people ask me this because they know I root for the Packers and, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very close in proximity to the, to the Green Bay Packers. Ty Montgomery had that really successful game against the Bears, and I believe the game after that he was very good too. Pretty good. And then it seems that yeah, he sucked. the off – well, did he suck or did the offense just completely go away from him? Because it seemed like that. I don't really care. Okay, it but, doesn't but matter he, to me okay. why he's not scoring points for okay. my team. So now, I just want to score points for my team. Okay, so is he even rosterable for you at this point? Not really. So you would be cutting him in your leagues right now? I would now be for considering other... it very soon. If you... I think this week he won't do much either. He's just, you know, he's, he had his few weeks. And then people get that in their mind like, oh, yeah, that, you know, they remember the, the great week he had. And right. they think it's still there. It's gone. He's gone. I, don't think, I just don't think they're, gonna use, they're not using him. Whatever the reason is, I don't really care what it is. All that matters is he's not going to be able to help your team. Or you don't believe he's going to be that's, able to help. That's your my team. opinion. You look at these other high ceiling, uh, low floor running backs that are out there that people will be snatching up over the next few weeks in preparation for the championship sprint run in the FFPC and the FPC. I think that Montgomery is a guy that you could look to cut to pick up, you know, um, Akeem Hunt or somebody like that. Um, I just picked up Hunt in a league. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So that'd be a good example. Who are, who, do you have any other running backs that you've rostered within the last week or so that, you know, again, looking forward to the uh, final few weeks of the season, guys that really aren't valuable right now, but if the starting running back goes down, they could prove valuable. I'll, I'll give you one to start off. Go ahead. I think we might have, we saw last year with Tim Hightower did the last three weeks of the season, help people win leagues because mm-hmm. Mark Ingram uh, went down. What happened last night? Mark Ingram, concussion was already in a timeshare. Could Tim Hightower be winning people championships two years in a row coming on out of nowhere in the last uh, you know, third of the season? I think we might have seen it last night. Now, Ingram will have the, you know, sort of the mini buy to recover from this concussion, but this is a situation that bears watching as well. You know, if you were a, some foreign person and watched your first few NFL games and you watched Hightower and Ingram play, You'd, you would not understand why Ingram is even playing. Hightower looks better than him, like, right. all the time. You know what, do, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, separate the names from the numbers, and you would never be playing yeah, Hightower Ingram looks, over Hightower. Yeah, infinitely better when I see them play. He looks faster. Like, I don't know, I just, just my opinion on that, too. I, I think that you're right. I think he has a really good shot to, uh, to keep on scoring points. And Ingram, you know, end of the year, he just kind of busts out busts a lot of times. Doug Martin's coming back, so Doug Martin's actually... Yeah, he, think, is, he is back. I mean, I mean he, he, yeah, played, he played last week. But, I mean, he's coming back. He's going to get his full allotment of carries, so that'll be big this week, I think. Um, I'll tell you a couple of guys that I would be looking at cutting Ty Montgomery for for high upside um, running backs that, that could end up being difference makers down the stretch. Obviously, Deion Lewis has owned everywhere, but he's one. Um, da- uh, Damian Williams from Miami is a guy that could step in. I know the Miami offensive line has gotten a little bit more battered 
over the last week or two. But Damian Williams is a guy to look at. And who is the guy, Dave, I talked about during Dynasty Drafts. I said, hey, pay attention to this guy. And I was proven wrong. And now might be turning a little bit because in that Giants backfield, Rashad Jennings snaps are going down and Paul Perkins snaps going up. <laughs> He's another guy down the stretch. Giants could go on a run. A lot of people are talking about this could be the year that the Giants kind of just play so-so ball and then the last third of the season absolutely crush it. Paul Perkins could be a big reason for that. So I, I think these are the types of guys, again, that could be league winners. And if you look at, I, I don't have the waivers in front of me, but if I'd be willing to bet dollars to donuts, if you look at the waivers the last couple of weeks, the teams that already have playoff spots locked up, the teams that feel confident that their team is going to be in the championship round, they've already been making these moves. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. You know, I still don't like Paul Perkins as a player. I just don't think his skill set's that great. He's a little draft pick. But I think he might – there's a chance. There's a chance that he – you know, well, hold on, I'm hold not on. giving you too much credit. To, no, no, hold on. Hold on. To play devil's advocate, though, mm-hmm. does it matter that you don't like him Maybe all that matters is the Giants are giving him more opportunities. That's, I mean, that's what it is for running back. I mean, it doesn't matter if I like him or not. If he's going to get carries, he's going to get carries. That's fine. Any final thoughts on that Panthers-Saints game last night? I was hoping for more scoring. I think the Panthers' defense is starting to come on a little bit now. Um, not really. I mean, I, you know, I, I want Carolina to keep losing due to my personal <laughs> wagers that, that I have. That they will not make the playoffs. I not, not make the playoffs. Right. But I already, I've already won the uh, win fewer than 10.5 games. So Congrats. that one's already locked. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the game last night. Happy early Thanksgiving to the Dizzle. <laughs> we have Todd Roberts coming up, but we do have to take a break. Coming up after this, the Football Guys Players Championship leader will join us. This is Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am your host, Eric Balkman, my co-host, is, of course, the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Let's bring in uh, tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is a fantasy football and regular football fanatic. Uh, has a baby on the way, Dave. So big congrats to, uh, to him. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. He has been playing fantasy football for almost 20 years, introduced to it by his lifetime friend and former high-stakes fantasy football hour guest, Craig Katz. Of course, we're big fans of Craig Katz on the right. show. The Stallions, yep. as, as uh, his team is. He uh, is currently leading the Football Guys Players Championship as we head in to week 11 of the NFL season. Please welcome into the show, Mr. Todd Roberts. Todd, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thank you. It's really my pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot. So you are lifelong friends with Craig Katz, former guest of the show. How did you guys meet? Uh, was this uh, you were born in the same hospital, adjoining rooms? <laughs> we were literally been a we lifetime. We actually that you guys uh, each known each other. Yeah, we actually known each other since we were five years old. We uh, grew up in the same neighborhood. We went to the same uh, elementary school, and so I've actually known Craig and been good friends with him since I was five. So that's awesome. That's fantastic. Did you guys have to come in when the streetlights went on? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Sorry about that. Did you, did you guys have to come in when the streetlights went on uh, back home? Couldn't hear you. <laughs> no, that's right. Right. Go ahead. sorry, right. guys. We'll move on. We'll move this on. could be hey, uh, this could be your worst interview of the year. Just give you fair warning. I got to tell you, man, the the fact that we have you on here, we already have more people tuning in right now. The fact that uh, <laughs> that, that you have now come on. Let me I gotta ask say, you, Todd, honestly, though. it's I gotta say, guys, it's really. It's been really cool. Like uh, I've been playing with the football guys for like ten years, and 
I've never been in this situation, you know, heading into week 11 to be in first place is, you know, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, I don't I don't think I know as many, many as your listeners probably do, but, you know, I'll give it my best, and it's just been really, really special. It's been great. So That's awesome. Yeah, and you've been playing for a while. Todd, when you drafted this specific team, I mean, did you feel like it was special at the time, or when did you think, like, wow, I, I got a really dominant team on my hands? Um, you know what? When I started filling in the team and um, through, like uh, – free agent acquisition. Um, I really didn't think I had so many teams and I gotta be honest, like the teams that I thought were really, really great turned out to be okay. And, but I first realized I had a really deep team and a really great team, probably week five. I think I lost my first game of the season. And ironically, I got three losses in my league. So I have a really tough league and I've been scoring, you know, anywhere from a hundred, 150 to 190 a game, like very, very consistently. So um, I was able to pick up like Jordan Howard and uh, Philip Rivers through um, blind bidding and uh, a couple other guys I can't think of right now. Let's see. But, yeah, when I look at my team right now, it's really unbelievably deep. Um, You guys looking at it? We we don't have it up. I did peruse it um, <laughs> er, earlier in in the week, uh, but I I would agree with you. One of the things I did notice about it is that um, it, it's really built to handle injuries, suspensions. Of course, Dave was mentioning how we we haven't had any players in the news for the wrong reasons. Perhaps that's on the docket coming up. Uh, and in case that any of those players are on your team, you actually have a fairly decent team to plug those holes. If, uh, if need be Todd, I forgot to mention this at the top of the interview, but tell us, tell us what you do for a living as well. Um, I'm actually, uh, an attorney. So, uh, what I do is I'm actually an attorney. Uh, what I do is, uh, put people in chapter 13 reorganizations and stuff like that. So, uh, you might need that soon. Okay. Well, Todd, (laughs) I don't know. There you go. I can probably help out And Craig may... Craig, may, he might not even know this, but we have a special treatment for any attorneys that come on the show. We do? <laughs> oh, we do. Yeah. So I want to give Todd Roberts here the proper HSFMOR introduction. Leading the Football Guys Players Championship. I'm making a drink. Helping people out of Chapter 13. Probably the FFPC going to be a future client of his. It's very exciting to have such an esteemed attorney on the show tonight very exciting hey don't do that yet go ahead we need to t- we need to talk about these Packers receivers on on Todd's team yeah as usual Balky wants to talk about the stupid Packers so I'm going to bring them up Devontae Adams Richard Rodgers and Ty Montgomery were your 13th 17th and 18th round picks uh Todd what was the thought process behind adding all three of those late round pass pass catching pieces in the Green Bay offense after you'd already drafted Jordy Nelson in the second um well you know, I love Jordy Nelson, but I was also worried about his, uh, you know, injury history. So I basically covered those guys just to kind of cover up Jordy Nelson. So in the event that he got hurt, you know, because he was my second-round pick, I wanted to have some guys that I could throw in. It's a great offense, obviously. And, you know, Ty Montgomery was a guy that I thought would be the fourth receiver. And even though Devontae was terrible last year, 
you know, he didn't step up like we all thought he would. Um, I wanted to pick him up as well. So I just wanted to cover basically the idea of having um, like a handcuff for running back, same same concept for receivers. So if my main and guy got knew, hurt, yeah, go ahead. And who knew, Todd, that, that, you know, when you were looking for a handcuff and just hoping that, okay, well, I'll get Montgomery, I'll get Rodgers, I'll get Adams, you add all these guys later on, who would have thought that? Not only would one of those guys pan out, but two of them uh, have really panned out for you. In addition to Jordy Nelson staying healthy the majority of the season, he hasn't missed any games. And now all of a sudden you have Nelson, you have Adams, you have Montgomery. I mean, obviously Montgomery has, has just had those two or three weeks where he really, really excelled. But certainly that has helped you in the first place as well. I think that that's something that not a lot of people will do in redraft leagues. We've seen it done in plenty of draft experts leagues uh, where they will load up on the receivers from the Saints or a couple of years ago. Uh, Wayne Ellis, uh, when we had him on the show, talked about loading up on those receivers for the Denver Broncos. We've seen that in DEs, but we haven't seen it too much in redraft, and it is certainly paying off for you, my friend, doing that this year. Let's stay in the NFC North and talk about a player who was in the news for the wrong reasons this week, and that's Alshon Jeffrey. He gets banned for four games in the NFL because of a, a PED suspension. So now you have all these targets open in the Chicago offense. You have uh, Eddie Royal, Cameron Meredith, and Zach Miller. Going forward, as you look at this offense, it, it, is it potentially Zach Miller who's going to be a league winner for people this year if he garners most of those targets in Chicago in a tight end premium format? This could really be huge. What are your thoughts on how those Jeffrey targets get divided up for Cutler and the Bears? Yeah, I like, I like Zach Miller a lot. I think that uh, Cutler, you know, he likes his guys. He has his guys. He forces the ball to... Jeffrey and I think Zach Miller's a guy who's going to see a huge uptick in targets. Um, I think uh, since Cutler's been back, um, Cameron Meredith has just been okay. I mean, I know he threw a long touchdown pass to him, but I think Zach Miller's going to be huge for whoever has him. I think he's going to get probably 20 to 30 percent more targets, um, and then the the rest of the targets, who knows, you know. Not easy to predict. Uh, Dave, what were you going to say? Uh, Eddie, Eddie Royal is questionable this week. Um, Did he practice today, does it say? Checking at our good friends li- at Roto-World. He's limited in Thursday, but they don't really mention Friday. So, okay. So you know, they're lazy. One, one other thing I wanted to bring up, Dave, uh, I was going to tell you this. Uh, in one of my Kentucky leagues this week, um, I can't remember which one it was, and I can't remember who did it. Cameron Meredith, still on the waiver wire. You know what this guy bought him for? That's right, $850 out of $1,000 <laughs> spent on Cam Meredith this week. This is a guy who kind of – and he still had 100 bucks left in his fab too, which I thought was kind of interesting trying to, to make a late play on it. What, Dave, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you agree with, uh, with Todd that Zach Miller is going to be the big beneficiary and we really it, it's going to be muddy between Royal and Meredith? I would say uh, Zach Miller is probably the chief beneficiary, and the, I think Meredith will probably be second. I th- you know, Cutler, I think, kind of likes him. He does indeed like him, and I think, you know, again – for the tight end premium format, I know I've been talking about this all show, but I think Zach, Zach Miller makes a lot of sense to be an every week starter going forward now for the remainder of the season uh, because I think that he could be a very big difference maker in the championship round. So, uh, Todd, going forward, is there a Cardinals receiver you'd be willing to take a chance on in your starting lineup other than Fitz in any of your leagues? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I picked up. I picked up J.J. Nelson last week for, you know, like minimal amount of money, started him. Uh, I think he did terribly, had a fumble, and he had six targets and two catches. 
Um, I do not think I'm going to be starting him again. Um, uh, you know, you would think Michael Floyd would step up, um, you know, but unless I had no other option, uh, I'd probably, you know, stay away from any of the Cardinal receivers not named Fitzgerald. Um, I will say that, you know, if you have no other option, I think I would probably lean towards Michael Floyd at this point. Floyd over Nelson and Brown. That's interesting too. Hey, th- those Cardinals receivers, we talked about this at the, you know, during draft season that we thought they would make, if you could get like two of them, uh, we thought that they would make good DE guys, especially, you know, Danny Miller talked about JJ Nelson on this show and on the Rotoviz uh, high stakes lowdown. He talked about JJ Nelson being a very sneaky DE pick and that's helped him out a couple of weeks. Let's go back actually. Okay. Let's go back. Where was Michael Floyd being drafted in the beginning before the season? Started? Oh man, right around the same spot as Fitz. Was that? I thought that was two years ago. I thought Floyd was not. Oh, you know what? No, you're right because Floyd had that. Yeah, he, he was. It, that those four weeks last at the end of last season, and everybody mm-hmm. thought that he was going to be uh, a guy that. Uh, not everyone. Some people. I drafted him in one one league. Stayed away from him. I'm not trying to dog on you, but I'm just saying no, it's, it's, it's okay. easy for everyone to forget, and I'm not ripping on you. Right. I'm just. It's easy for everyone to forget that people were all. Floyd, 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 and now, of course, they forgot about it, and Fitz is blowing up, oh, just like he always does for the past few seasons. Right. And, oh, man, oh, yeah, we all love Fitz. I was there. I mean, what about this Floyd character? It's like, you loved him, you know, eight weeks ago. You drafted him. I just assumed you were about to rip on me because anytime Michael Floyd's I'm leaving name, you alone. Every time his name gets I'm brought sorry. up on this show, somehow I end up with tire tracks across my back. Because because I, I drafted Michael Floyd Dynasty like three years ago, no, I know. And, no. and I'm still in love with him. I'm telling you, though. Which, by the way, is completely true. Out of, out of 150 fantasy players, not a single one drafted Floyd this year. No one drafted him, yet he got drafted in every single league. Well, I mean, there's plenty of people. It only, no one admits to it. Listen, that's because 11 teams out of 12 teams in every league did not take Floyd. The majority of fantasy owners did not take Michael <laughs> Floyd this year. It's simple math. Let's talk about another receiver that not a lot of people drafted this year, but he was picked up early in the season off waiver wires, and he's paid some pretty big dividends as a solid flex in the FFPC this year, and that is Los Angeles Rams' Kenny Britt. Now, it's interesting because for whatever reason, Los Angeles decided week 11 was going to be the week to give Jared Goff the keys to the jalopy of an offense that they have going on uh, on the uh, left coast of the country Jared Goff making his first start on Sunday, Todd. How does this change Kenny Britt's value? A little bit up, a little bit down, massively up, massively down, or about the same? Oh, man. I think, I think it probably just a slight down tick. I know that just from watching the hard knocks that, you know, he was definitely working out, and he, I think uh, Goff was working with the ones during uh, preseason. So he had some time with Kenny Britt. But I think a guy like uh, Tyler Higby is going to have an uptick if anybody can still get him or if he's still available, which I'm sure he probably is, because that's a guy he's probably practicing with a lot, a big target. And, you know, as you guys know, quarterbacks, are, especially new quarterbacks, are going to lean on their tight ends, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that's been what we've seen in the NFL. And Higby, Dave, was a guy who actually was drafted in, in a lot of uh, FFPC leagues and, and since dropped. I mean, we saw what Lance Kendricks has been able to do in that offense with Case Keenum. But uh, Higby was a guy that yeah, obviously is pedigreed. We've seen uh, what Hunter Henry has been able to do this year as a rookie tight end. Maybe Higby comes on and he's a sneaky guy that you roster at the end of your bench. Now that the most, the majority of the bye weeks are behind us, 
Higby could be a sneaky guy. I'm, I'm not, you know, I guess, but I mean, he's still a rookie tight end with a crappy rookie quarterback. Jared Goff looked so terrible. It wasn't even a question. <laughs> right. There wasn't even a question. You know, like, this guy yeah, got drafted awful. so soon. It, not even a question heading into the season if he's going to start. It's like, oh, Keenum's starting. Yeah. What? There's no competition? See, now, now, why I won't give that a ton of credence is because the decisions that Jeff Fisher has made over the years, I, I've kind of tried tried to stop understanding the logistics and but the Goff, philosophy behind it. But Goff looked terrible. He was. Every, he was bad. I mean, Miami, I don't know what's going to happen this game. The over is 39. The line is like one or two. Mm-hmm. Miami, could really? have, Miami could have 10 sacks. I, so, mean, I don't know what they're – Goff, if, if he's the deer in the headlights, that's what I fear is going to happen. And Miami's going to, you know, just go crazy on him. Yeah. I uh, think he could be god-awful. I hope he's not, I guess, for Gurley's sake or whatever. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, Brick, Brick could have a two for 15 this week. That's I'll, my fear. He could. This, I, Todd, I'm going to ask you the same question in a second. But, Dave, you, you have the lineup right there. Is it Miami um, giving two points to yes, Los sir. Angeles? And the game is in? Lane two in L.A. In L.A. Okay. So knowing what you just said about Goff and knowing that the Bears are going to be missing two offensive starting offensive linemen – plus Alshon Jeffrey is out, plus Jay Cutler is in at quarterback. This is like algebra. What defense would you rather play this week if you had a choice between the Dolphins' defense going to Los Angeles or the Giants' defense taking on the Bears? I'd rather play Miami. I'm a big, I think, I mean. Even going across all the time zones on the road. I I I, I totally totally agree. I think Miami. Miami. Todd agrees. Todd's up. Todd's in there. All right. Well, listen. I'm in. The Football Guys Players Championship leader. When he when he speaks, it's gospel. So I'm I would I would be going with the Dolphins as well. Todd, do you have any other thoughts on 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 why you're picking the Dolphins over the Giants? Uh, yeah, I mean I just think that Goff was absolutely terrible. He's got little baby Trump hands, and he's having difficulty <laughs> with the with the exchange. Um, you know he's a rookie, and they obviously kept him on the bench. I mean I I've been reading the little side stories, and I under, I think I understand the politics of what's going on there. But I think the guys I'm a huge Rams fan. I think the guy was a busted pick. I I already think that. I don't think it was a year to move up to get a quarterback, but um, in my opinion, it was Wentz. And this guy just looks like not very good um, in the preseason. I've been watching the Rams a lot. And he looks terrible. That's why I think Miami's going to have a lot of strip sacks. They're going to have a lot of fumble recovery, botch exchanges. And they got a pretty good front four. So um, I think it's going to be a great day for Miami defense. Let me answer this, Todd. As long as we know that you're a Rams fan, let's, let's talk about Todd Gurley here for a second because separate the name from the numbers. With Goff now taking over that offense in Los Angeles, is Gurley a guy that you're going to be looking at benching at all down the stretch? I actually have Gurley on a bunch of my teams, and I am benching him just because I have better options. I think Gurley's an incredible talent, but I think he's got to he's got to even have a down down tick um, with Goff if that was even possible because Keenum's been terrible. So they've been stacking the box with Keenum in, you know, who at least can get the ball downfield. But you know, the majority of the problem is the Rams' play calling and the coaching and so on and so forth. But I think with Goff under center it gets worse for Gurley. So I'm benching him. Um, you know, and that's where I have viable options. If I have, you know, you know, a guy that's going to come in for, you know, 10 offensive snaps, I'm not going to, I'm going to still play Gurley. But other than that, I'm benching Gurley. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and you did draft a lot of football guys teams this year. And other than Gurley, 
Were there a few other players that were heavily targeted by you, and then were you successful in getting them? Um, you know, I wanted to get – I did have a lot, and I really wanted to get – I never got the number one pick. I really wanted to get Antonio Brown um, for obvious reasons, and I never got higher than the two pick. Um, I got it one time, and I took Odell Beckham, and I regret that. Uh, I could have had Julio Jones. But the guys that I was targeting uh, – for the most part, were guys that were on suspension that I thought I could get later for value, like Le'Veon Bell, Brady. I have Brady on a lot of teams. I really like Big Ben for, you know, quarterback. And um, receivers, let's see, who did I like? Just uh, basically, guys, I was just I was looking for value for each draft. Um, drafting is the most – is for me, it's one of the best parts of playing fantasy football. Because it's constantly evolving, every draft is different, and it's just you get addicted to the idea of, um, you know, having great players slip, and you just kind of react to the board. So, yeah, there were some players that I were targeting that I thought I could get great value, like Brady and Bell, but pretty much I was just looking for guys that were falling down the board for no reason, like Cooks. I think he was another example because a lot of times the number one receivers are going to get the best uh, draw on coverage. And then the second receivers and third receivers, like Michael Crabtree, for example, of Oakland, you know, they're going to get a lot of activity because the other guys are going to have their best corners playing the number one guys, um, who I did get on my on my team. Uh, I have Crabtree, I think. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much uh, who I was targeting. I was also targeting David Johnson which he slipped to me, um, number six, and I was really glad because the guy before me drafted Todd Gurley, and I probably would have drafted him ahead of David Johnson. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for the Cave Hawk. if you're out there. Well, there you go. Well, thanks, <laughs> go. thanks to the Cave Hawk and thanks to uh, Todd Roberts, who we're going to hear more from. We are up against a break, but when we come back, Todd is going to talk to us a little bit about the Patriots' backfield, specifically Dion Lewis. He's leading the Football Guys Players Championship. He is tonight's guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It rolls on with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network right after this. We have doing Dion Lewis on the show? No, we don't have Dion Lewis on the show, but oh. we're, we're talking about him. All right, <laughs> hey, guys, on. can I you hear me? This out now. Yes, we can, <laughs> hey, we can guys, hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, oh. Todd. First of all, I was about to shit my pants when you uh, – I thought we were going to have a, have a minute to talk. No, <laughs> so no I was a little Todd, bit I uh, nervous. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, just just to bring, the, bring everybody behind the curtain, including Todd, right now. Well, we are on a break right now. Um, <laughs> this is not this, a break. It's still this live. We're break. still live. We're this still live. Oh, we're still live. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. So let's bring it back when when I edit this later. Into, no edit. This is no, it. no, no, no. We have to edit it for later on. I'm not. I I will not do it that way. For <laughs> the best part of the show. It most definitely is. And you know what? The people who listen live get to hear this treat. But later oh, on, we but need yeah. To do okay. Well, I'm glad that I got to give that to him. So that's good. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is back. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, Todd Roberts is tonight's guest. Where's Dion Lewis? And Dion Lewis is not here, but we are going to talk about him, not with him. But Todd is leading the Football Guys Players Championship right now as we head into the final week of the regular season. Todd, Dion Lewis was taken off the, uh, the pup list uh, last week. 
did not he was not active for the Patriots game against the Seahawks. He looks like he is going to get uh, a look this week against the 49ers. What are your thoughts on him as we head into the final stretch of the season? Uh, is he closer to being a league-winning type of player, or is he closer to being fool's gold in fantasy this year? Well, I mean, I, I think it's closer to being fool's gold, but if you've, if you've rostered him to this point, you obviously have to stick with him. You're not going to drop him. But um, I think you really need to see – uh, some performance from him before you stick him in your lineup, unless you unless you don't have any better options. I think he's going to get a few snaps, and of course with Belichick, it's hard to get a feel for you know how he's going to utilize his his running backs and you know you know different guys. So, in my opinion, I would I would leave him on your bench until you see how he's going to be utilized and and to make sure he's fully healthy. Yeah, perhaps the value in the backfield. Down the uh, final month and a half of the season will actually be with James White and LeGarrette Blunt rather than Deion Lewis. Uh, Dave? Yeah. Talk, talk Seahawks running backs? Sounds Sound good? Sounds good. All what right. about Kristen Michael? Oh, now it's you. Well, yeah, we, we, we'll get to Kristen Michael in a little bit. But Fine. as far as Thomas Rawls goes, mm-hmm. as far as C.J. Proceis goes, what do we have for Todd? Um, when Rawls returns, which is apparently this week, uh, do you think – that he's the guy to start. I mean, they're talking about ProSize being the guy that's going to start this week. But then they also, uh, the coaching staff is also saying they're not going to hold Rawls back and that they're going to put him right in. What is your opinion? Do you think Rawls is the guy? Um, I would just use the same analogy for, for uh, Deion Lewis. I mean, until you see how healthy this guy is. I mean, I'm sure he's clear. He's medically cleared. He's healthy. But I think they love C.J. ProSize. I think they love his skill set, his pass-catching ability. Um and until we see that Thomas Rawls is ready to roll and that he's fully healthy, um, they may just ease him back in a little bit. So, you know, it depends on the game script. But um, if I had to choose in a couple of my teams, I actually do have Thomas Rawls and CJ. I'm starting CJ, and I'm waiting on uh, Rawls unless I don't have any better options. I think it's important to, to talk about this specifically. And at rotopass.com, had a, their stat of the day today was – the last two years, in 2014 and 2015, from weeks 10 through 17, Seattle ended up with the number two running game in the NFL in that span. They could be making it three years in a row, obviously, with a fresh Rawls coming on to the roster, a guy who has not, you know, doesn't have the tread of the first 10 weeks of the season. He's a guy that you might want to uh, you know, think of down the stretch as a guy that could be a potential league winner. Um, Russell Wilson, the number two quarterback in both those time spans the last two years as well. So if he brings on his, uh, what the hell is he doing the first like 10 weeks? Of the season? Well, man, he what was getting, he, he had the, he had the, that really, he had that really bad knee injury or ankle injury, whatever it was that really hampered his mobility. He's on pace for the lowest rushing yards of his career this year. So I think that that's the he explanation this year. He I, got married. He got a little fat. That could be as well. I have no explanation for the previous two years when he, we Just started Just wait until she gets pregnant, then he gets the pregnant. Oh, the yeah, yeah, the, the Carlos Williams weight, as it were. <laughs> so that's something to be, uh, to be wary of as I'm well. I'm selling Russell Wilson. Sell Russell Wilson. Let's uh, get to a couple emails here. Uh, this is first one's for, from Jim in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is for Todd. He writes, Dear Todd, as we look forward to the end of the fantasy season, have you been stashing any deep sleepers on your roster for potential playoff blow-ups if they get the opportunity? Thank you, sir. 
That is Jim in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dave and I actually kind of talked about this at the top of the show about, and we kind of centered it on running backs, but certainly you can bring up receivers and tight ends. I know that you've already brought up a, a, a guy that could be potentially pretty valuable down the uh, stretch in Tyler Higby. Are there any other guys um, that you look at on your waiver wire, Todd, right now as you are basically locked into the league playoffs in your own league uh, that you would be looking to to get as a high ceiling guy if he just gets the opportunity yeah maybe Tyler Lockett you know I think he's underperformed all year um he's a really talented player um looks like he's finally getting healthy and I know they're starting to target him more so that's a guy that you know personally I'm looking at um in some of my leagues that are going to go way beyond you know the 11 week season um so I'm going to be looking at him the next few weeks to um see if they're trying to get him the ball more you know, so he's an example of a guy I'd be looking at. Um, obviously, James Starks, he's coming back. I think he could be impactful for um, guys that are looking to add some running back depth that he may be available, but, you know, at this point, probably not. Um, what do you guys think? Well, we mentioned, uh, I, I again, Dave is going to disagree with me on this one, but I think Paul Perkins is a guy that you'd want to stash. Uh, uh, I'm not disagreeing. Right I'm just saying he might he might. He might be good. Well, again, I, I think that any of these guys, the, the chances are that, that any of them pan out are not good because that's the reason they're on the waiver wire right now. But these are guys that I could see a path. You know, they always had that on election night. Clinton's path to victory, Trump's path to victory. I could see a path to success for fantasy for uh, Paul Perkins. There, there's other guys I just, I just don't see it. You picked up Akeem Hunt. So clearly you – and Lamar Miller's already banged up there. So Hunt is a guy – that I, and in an offense that, that revolves around the running game with a strong defense, it makes a lot of sense. That, there's a path there. About him, you yeah. shouldn't be super excited, but he, again, he's a guy that, that could help you down the stretch. The fact of the matter is if you, I, you're – And going, also, I'm sorry, also the, uh, uh, the running back for Derek, uh, for Tennessee, you know, who's backing up uh, DeMarco, who's, yeah, who's historically hurt. So, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he would probably take an injury, but that's a guy and uh, – you know, that could pan out. And I do like your Paul Perkins guy because he's flashed. You know, he's shown why they took him. And I think they're trying to get younger there at running back. I, you know, Rashard Jennings is obviously temporary for the Giants. So they may give him more opportunity, you know, depending on what what their playoff hopes are. So I, I really need Perkins to come on the second half of the year because if he doesn't, Dave's going to win that bet about the Giants taking a running back in the draft next year in the first two <laughs> rounds, which I really don't yeah. want that to happen. Yeah, he may not be the, th- the three down back. We'll see, though. We'll see. We will. I, fingers crossed. Will. Fingers crossed, Todd. Fingers crossed. Fun draft. Wayne yes, in Houston, Texas, uh, he writes, uh, Hi, Todd, at this point of the season, is Sammy Watkins worth a roster spot? I am locked into my Football Guys Players Championship League playoffs but have my sights set on you in the championship round winky face. That is Wayne in Houston, Texas. Thanks for the email, Wayne. So Sammy Um, Watkins, I don't know if you have him on any of your teams, Todd. uh, I do. And I actually picked him up um, in a couple teams in the last couple weeks. Uh, So not that I want to help this guy, you know, surpass me, but um, (laughs) it's kind of tough because he hasn't played all year. You know, we're not getting information other than he's not practicing. He's not going to have surgery. Um, it's already week 11. When's he going to play? But, you know, if there's nobody else out there, I'd hold on to him 
you may it may be that you know in the next few weeks he starts playing again. You know, have you guys heard anything? No, I think pretty much the same as you. It it, it seems it is not positive. Um, if I mean, sort of no news is good news there because they can't come out and say he's behind on the timetable. We 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 don't expect him to to show up uh, until 2017. I think that uh, um, that's always. Uh, would just be a killer to hear that. So I think the, the, the non-news right now, you know, I have Watkins on two teams right now, and I'm hoping against hope. The problem is, and I added Eddie Lacy in a league this week too, and the problem is with <laughs> really? these guys. Yeah. You're a dreamer. Well, listen. Yeah, I thought he was done. You want to talk? Yeah. There's another guy, a, a high-ceiling type guy uh, that could be valuable in, in week 15 or 16. Now the problem is, if he does come back, Lacy or Watkins, maybe it's week 16. And maybe um, you only get one week out of him. Are you really, after he's missed two months, after these guys have missed two months, are you really going to feel good about starting him in, in championship week? You know, probably not. No. However, no. you do have the added yeah. benefit. If you add a guy like Watkins, you know that he, again, in a, in a limited 12-team league, he's not going to be killing you in the playoffs if you have him on your team. I hear you. I, I put a $1 bid in on Priest Holmes, and I just rostered him because I heard he's coming back. All right. You know, I could go without the condescension a little bit. Go ahead with the final question. All I'm right. so hurt. Todd, so hurt. Todd, please give us an early-round stud that uh, people should consider seriously consider benching this week, as well as a player that not many people will start this weekend that you think will have a good to excellent performance. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. So, I mean – Whatever I say is going to be pretty obvious. Uh, I would say, you know, Gurley, I, I hear a lot of people are saying Gurley's going to have a great week. Um, they're optimistic. I have no idea why. But, um, <laughs> you know, obviously Gurley is a top pick who I think is going to have an awful week against that Miami front. So, um, and then as far as a, a player that, um, you know, may exceed expectations, um I'm going to go with my Tyler Lockett. I'm going to go with my Tyler Lockett pick. Um, um, also, I'll throw in a couple others. I think maybe James Starr could have a great week and um, CJ Procise. Yeah, I like the Procise and, and Starks call. I actually, uh, I believe I'm starting Starks, Dave, in our, our Blake Harrington Dynasty League this week. Uh, so I am holding up perhaps I'm dreaming on that one too but <laughs> I need some help there so no I think those are good calls I think that makes a lot of sense it sounds weird to say bench Gurley but listen you don't have time to wait around anymore people you, you got to get guys that are producing right now Todd Gurley isn't uh, he might be the type of guy that you sit on your bench until you see it which could be this week but uh, let's face it probably not hey Todd I want to really thank you for coming on the show tonight hey congrats on the on the baby that you have on hey, the way thanks, when, guys. when is yeah, the baby it's really due? exciting what's the baby is due the baby is due on May 10th so it's going to be here really soon and um uh, my advice to your listeners is that if you have an opportunity to have your first baby before you're 50 you should probably take that opportunity. Um, but on the on the on the other side of that is I have a tremendous amount more patience, and I think so we'll probably even out there. But um, well, it's been a real pleasure true. to be on the show, guys. Thank you. And uh, you got a little nugget from me earlier when I thought we were on commercial break, so enjoy that. And um, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, guys. I would do it again 
for sure. So not Todd, that you ask me awesome, back, man. but I'll do it again. That, that's awesome to hear. Listen, you are in the driver's seat to, uh, to win this whole thing right now. Obviously, every, anything can happen in the championship round, but you have a deep team, a good team. Who knows? Maybe we'll have you back on uh, this time when you're maybe $250,000 richer. We'll see. Thanks that a lot for coming on. That would be unbelievable. Really Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. Todd Roberts, uh, attorney to the stars in uh, California. Very exciting to have him on, friend of Craig Katz. Listen, he was great. I think the moral, what we take from this interview, if you're friends with people who've been on the show before, you're going to be leading the Football Guys Players (laughs) Championship at some point. Also go to law school, evidently. Uh, Then you can afford to play high-stakes fantasy sports. That also helps to (laughs) to have a bit of a bankroll uh, that uh, will not hurt your chances. I wanted to power through here to to get to fantasy feedback. We can't. We have to take a break. All right. uh, I have to uh, go uh, log into a couple of my leagues right now and place a couple of dollar bids on Edger and James and Marshall Falk. Nice. So I will be uh, right back after this. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Falk and Dave Gerzak answering your emails right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Week 11 is upon us in the NFL. Good luck in all of your leagues this week as you try to make the playoffs in the Football Guys Players Championship in the FFPC main event. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and these are your emails. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at Hour on Twitter. First email tonight from Andy in Blaine, Minnesota. Get that Tyreek Hill info ready, Dave. Spoiler alert. Since Tyreek Hill blew up last week with no Macklin, and Macklin is slated to miss again this week. Actually, I saw it today. He is listed as out. Would you guys recommend starting Hill? Thanks. That is Andy in Blaine, Minnesota. Andy, thanks so much for the email. And the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak is going to drop some knowledge, some Tyreek Hill knowledge. I'm betting it's going to be on what he has done in the last three weeks in the (laughs) NFL. Yeah, 21 points, 6 points, and then 20 points, which does average out to uh, wide receiver 15 in the last three weeks. You're looking at about 16 points a week. Uh, What Wide receiver what? Uh, 15. Wow, okay, so he is. For like what is essentially a slot receiver scrub type guy. That's, that's. I guess that's my mindset about Tyreek Hill, but he's really much better than that. So I got to change my mindset. Yeah, I actually picked him up in a couple of leagues. There is one league I can't remember. I think it's the league. It might be the league I have Julio Jones, and honestly, I can't remember. This will even sound better. He has the same points per week as does Bryant. So wow! That, now that's a stat. Uh, uh, see, that's that's a lot better. That is a stat. Hashtag analysis. Um, I'm actually starting Tyreek Hill in a league this week. Actually, I take that back. It's one of the leagues I own Jeremy Macklin in, and. Uh, Hill is my number four receiver, and I feel okay about it. Against Tampa Bay, I mean, that game could turn into a shootout. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill is a guy that deserves starters consideration this week, and unless you have some dominant receivers at the top of your roster, Hill's probably a guy that should be in your lineup more often than not this week. Dave, I I don't think you have him anywhere. No, I blew it. I didn't get him anywhere. I should have. Well, but before last... I have liked him. Right, and before last week, you would have probably said, he's a flash in the pan... He just had that one big week, whatever. And then Macklin's out, and he gets 10 catches. I did kind of like his skill set coming in. I don't even know if we really talked about him that much. In, uh, for Dynasty? I don't, no, I don't, I don't think we did. 
But uh, he, I thought he was interesting. He was the guy that had the problems with uh, there was whether well, it was criminality or whatever it was. Where you know, there's he some off the field yeah, questions. Off the field stuff. Yeah. I didn't really pay that much attention to it, but. Uh, Interesting player, actually. Yeah, very interesting. And a guy that um, maybe could be the number two in that offense when Macklin comes back. You know what's interesting? I read a blurb. I think it was the football guy's email, actually, that there, there was some report that said Alex Smith actually could be let go after the season. And I was like, wow, the Chiefs would let go Alex Smith. And I was thinking about it. Everybody talks about Travis Kelsey. Everybody talks about Jeremy Macklin. And now you have Tyreek Hill coming on. Shouldn't these guys be performing better? than they are, especially given that Jamal Charles hasn't played this year. And granted, Spencer Ware has been very, very good. But I feel like with a better driver, that offense could be something closer to elite than just being mediocre, which is what they are right now. Yeah, but in 2017, who are they going to do? Are they going to draft a Jared Goff I don't know. You know what I mean? I do know that there is a – They're also not going to have like a top five pick. They're a good team. There's a qualified Pro Bowl quarterback that's probably going to be traded this offseason. Rodgers? From Dallas. (laughs) And uh, I think that that's a guy that they could look at. Romo, I'm telling you. Hang up your cleats, dude. Listen. He's a super nice guy. That's great. Retire. Why why should he retire? He gets back injuries every time he plays. Unless you have a super elite guy, you need two quarterbacks in the NFL. You just do. You should wear a a back brace or something. A bro? Whatever. A man's ear? (laughs) I suppose that's the front front brace. Something. Front brace for men. Ceramic back plate, like as if you were... You know, trying to bulletproof yourself against like some sort of firefight. That's his problem. His back is messed up. I think Romo is a guy that grew up rooting for Brett Favre, and he is going to play literally until he can't anymore. So super nice guy. Did you know him personally? Had drinks with him? Yeah, we hung out. We hung out <laughs> He's from Burlington, Wisconsin. He is. Yeah, he is a Wisconsin guy. Mike in Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm in deep trouble this week with Gronk being out. Should I start Ladarius Green or Vance McDonald now? I'm sure I'm not the only one faced with this in FFPC. And I'll tell you this. For a lot of people in FFPC, they, they use their first-round pick on Rob Gronkowski, and they ignore the tight end position after that because they figure they're going to play Gronk every week. And when Gronk came back healthy, it was to be assumed that he's going to be good to go. And maybe if you decided to drop your backup tight ends with, to, to fill in running back and receiver by week issues, you are caught in a pickle like this guy. This is... Uh, Mike in Bedford, Mass. This week, so he has two choices, Dave, on his roster, for because Gronk is officially out this week. He has Ladarius Green at the Cleveland Browns. He has Vance McDonald taking on the 49ers at, or excuse me, taking on the 49ers, taking on the Patriots at home in San Francisco. Those are your two guys. Which one do you like better? Uh, McDonald pub out. And is it because Green hardly played any snaps last week because? Uh, I mean, I think Green is the more talented guy. Yeah, I mean, McDonald scored 17 points in Week 9, 9 points in Week 10. This is regular PPR scoring. Green, you have no idea. He could be a 0. It could be a 2. Great be a, matchup for him, but again, He could again, be whatever. Yeah, he just high hasn't, hasn't played enough. McDonald's at least getting targets. They're, going to be, they're getting 11 points in the game. They're going to be down. They'll be throwing the ball. Uh, so McDonald will probably get some, a lot of targets in that game. Now, you said no question, Vance McDonald. That's right. Okay. How many points would you be willing to give me if I took Green? How many do you want? A lot. <laughs> no, you, I don't know. You posed the question. No, no, no. This, this is some like okay, hold on. close hold scenario. On. Oh, yeah, it, is, it is a close scenario. We did the, the Eli Rogers versus Sammy Coates bet a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Eli Rogers coming through for you with um, 
and uh, and you gave me five points with Sammy Coates. Eli Rogers coming through for you with fourteen point two points. Sammy Coates not coming through for me with two snaps on the game, <laughs> which was extraordinarily frustrating. We did plus five there. All right. Plus five sound good here. Sure. Okay. Sure. Five is fine. So I have Ladarius Green plus five this week, betting on another Steelers pass catcher not named Antonio Brown. I'm sure this is going to work. <laughs> I'll out take Vance McDonald minus five points at home against the Pats. And I have five on it. Lunas? I got five on it. They do too. Yeah, Lunas is here. Thank God. I was worried for a second. Okay, so LG. Plus By the way, five, I heard that new track called Plus Song. I didn't really think it was that good. Oh, are you a communist? I, didn't, I don't like it. Uh, you know, I think the thing is, is you love old school hip hop so much that there's just nothing that can no, live I mean, up just, to it. It wasn't all that. What's, just, what's one new hip hop song that you're actually into? First of all, I think they're trying to replicate more old school hip hop. By the way, and so our buddy, I'm you know getting off track here, but our buddy Kurt shared that video. Did you see it? it was, yeah, that it was, guy, the guy driving, yeah, behind the steering wheel, like a chubby black dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's playing the song, and he's just you know kind of getting into it. And he's just like he wasn't driving. I think he was. Parked. I think he was just parked. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. just like just goes crazy, yeah. and he like gets out through his sunroof, I think, or whatever. Yeah. Which was I actually really enjoyed the song while he was doing that because I thought he was great. But I, I listened to the song itself, and I mean, I know it was very liberal lyrics, and that's fine. I don't right. want to. I'm not going to just. I'm not going to downplay it because I thought "Blank the Police" was a great song by right. NWA. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, you know, I thought they tried a little too hard there. Uh, I, I, you know, too much of the pause thing and the lyrics. Plus, you know, they're down a member too, so that you gotta, yeah. you know, anytime. I, I, could, I mean, just, maybe the rest of the album's great. I don't know. I will say. Um, you know, I'm behind on my SNLs right now, and they were actually on with Dave Chappelle last week, and I'm at the point right at the musical performance, and I was like kind of, I was watching it at night, and I was kind of falling asleep. I'm like, I need to be fully awake for this. So I put it on pause. I'm going to watch it later, but I'm very excited. I mean, you know, and maybe the live, per- I, I watched the video, which was not that good, but maybe the live performance on SNL was great. So maybe I'll give it another shot. I'll give it another listen. Maybe I'll change my mind. Stay tuned next week. My Tribe Called Quest re-listen report. You actually won't be on the show next week. Oh, yeah. Two weeks. So two weeks. You're really leaving people hanging on this one. <laughs> Anyone care? Let's go to Dwayne in Atlanta, Georgia. What's up, fellas? Give me the skinny on your newest Packers running back, Kristen Michael. Is he closer to Eddie Lacy or Niall Davis? Thanks, guys. Dwayne in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, he's not as fat as Lacy, for sure. I think what he meant was performance-wise. <laughs> is he closer to what Lacy has done this year, or is he closer to what Niall Davis has done this year? Because let's face it, in the sorry Packers running game this year, those are the two ends of the spectrum. I mean, I guess my opinion, and this is just, I, I don't really know, but I just think they bring him in, Brian Brunneman, for depth. They so have an NFL caliber running back behind Starks. That's my opinion. You know, Adam Schefter brought this up, too. There is one other team that put a claim in on Kristen Michael, and the Packers got him because they had a higher waiver priority. Do you know who that other team was that put a claim on him? Patriots? The Minnesota Vikings oh, were the really? other team. So the Packers keep Kristen Michael off the Vikings, and let's face it, uh, you got Matt Asiata gumming up the works there mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Jarek McKinnon doing next to nothing, and Ronnie Hillman collecting a paycheck. Yeah, there is not much there. So you, the Packers keep Michael away. Now Michael is somewhat of a pedigreed back. He's sort of worn out his welcome. The stuff that I've heard about him and the stuff that we've seen, it's never really been a talent or a physical issue. It's stuff in the head. It's showing up for meetings. Is that, on the, time. Is that the thing? I mean, is that why they always? It, it, Seattle seems like they disdain the guy. He's he's blown they, a lot of assignments. Um, he he is not run plays the way that they're meant to be run. And I think Seattle, who's priming for a Super Bowl run with uh, Thomas Rawls getting healthy, they don't want to mess around with a guy who, ten weeks into the season, is still making mental mistakes that guys 
usually make in training camp. I think this, you know, reeks of desperation from the Packers, which let's face it, they're desperate to, to keep their season going. And, but which by the way, they're one game out of the NFC North. Let's not just get, get all crazy here and, and call, call it a season for green Bay. Dude, speaking of crazy, I got a text from somebody who told me that Mike McCarthy got fired yesterday. Yeah. Well, we won't get into that. <laughs> Kristen, Michael, from a fantasy standpoint, um, I thought it was interesting that he gets claimed, I believe, as a Wednesday morning. So the teams that still had Michael, you know, as a Seahawk, still had him. If he would have gotten claimed on Thursday morning, Kristen Michael would have been dropped on a ton of waiver wires on, on, right. on uh, you know, Wednesday. And then all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, next Wednesday we have this bidding war for, for Kristen Michael. Uh, that didn't happen. And maybe it won't happen because Kristen Michael does nothing against Washington. Who knows? I don't believe he's very involved in the offense this week. I do believe he's a guy I'm in, intrigued with, keeping on my roster. If I have him, I'm going to go out and, 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 again, high floor, low ceiling, uh, high ceiling, low floor type of guy. All floor. He's another guy I would look at. <laughs> James Starks is 48 years old and is underwhelmed this entire season. I have him on a few rosters. And I'm hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Kristen Michaels, a guy to be paying attention to. Yeah, probably. Guy that you would add if you if he if was he out was there. If he was out there, I sure I would add him. Okay. Moving on, next email, dear Shaggy and Scooby, how many of your rosters uh, have Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles on them? That is Marshall in Doral, Florida. Doral, both, Florida. Both of my Carrington my Carrington rosters. Yeah, Charles and both, Peterson. I have both of them. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, redraft-wise, have you dropped Charles and Peterson? Well, you didn't draft Peterson in any leagues, I'm assuming. No, I didn't. Uh, I would have dropped both. I wouldn't roster either of them. Um, I don't believe in any of these guys coming back. I don't believe – it's just my opinion. I don't believe in Watkins, Charles, Lacey, Peterson. Maybe they'll come back. I'm not wasting – I'm not – they're not going to roster or clog my team. The, and, and I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth because I have added Lacey. I, I have not added Charles or Peterson in any league, but I have added Lacey and Watkins in a couple – as much as I'd love to see these guys pan out this year, again, it is going to be so difficult for them, A, to come back, B, to, to have a role you right gotta, away. Then you've got to wait a week to see if they do anything. Yeah, B, to have a role. C, um, that you're willing to put, hit, put these guys in with everything on the line in your lineup and hope for the best. And, and, D, and, and four. And D, and four, <laughs> that you don't already have better options than these guys. I mean – it's there's a lot working against you trying to, and I understand everybody's trying to catch lightning in a bottle at this point. I get that. It's just, you got to lower your expectations to the absolute minimum um, uh, for, for Charles and Peterson. I, I, I don't have them on any rosters. I don't plan on adding them. I'd rather have a backup kicker and a backup defense if the roster's locked. I don't even care. That makes sense. Tony in Winston, Salem, North Carolina. Can a longtime listener, second time emailer, get a Yaman or nine with the Packers skins game this Sunday night? TIA, that is Tony in Winston, Salem, North Carolina. Well, we'd love to do a Yaman or nine. How, smoking some Marlboro. However, we have to make sure that our favorite competitor, our favorite participants in the Yaman or nine uh, are here. So is the robotic Rastafarian in tow tonight? Yaman! All right, the robotic Rastafarians here. I haven't heard from Hitler. Hitler, what do you say we just cancel the Yaman or nine? Very emphatically, Hitler wants to do it. So why don't we do the Yaman or nine? Great. Uh, we will have you talk about the Packers and Washington skill position players, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, what have you. We'll keep the kickers and defenses out of it because no one cares. And uh, I will give my picks. These are guys. 
uh, whether I think they are viable <laughs> in starting lineups this week. You know, this is funny, Balky. I have not prepared for this. So I have to make sure I know well, all listen, I have to know all these players. The, the Dizzle doesn't need to prepare <laughs> for anything, really. The Dizzle, all right. Dave's middle name is off the cuff. So I am totally confident in your skills tonight, my friend. Uh, do you want to do this position by position, team by team? How do you want to do it? I'll just surprise you. Oh, God. Well, now who's the unprepared one? <laughs> All right, well, fire away whenever you're ready. Richard Rogers. Nine, 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 I think that goes without saying the guy has underwhelmed all season, and Jared Cook is probably going to be back for this game. Oh, speaking of him, how about Jared Cook? Nine, 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 nine. Oh, you were talking about him earlier. Very interesting. Like to plug him in. Again, uh, you brought it up. Give these guys a week, see what happens. He didn't really crush it the first two weeks, so I'm staying away from Packers tight ends. All right, let's go with an easy one for you. Uh, Jordan Reed on the other side. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So easy, so emphatic, I had to say it twice. All right, uh, your most hated player on the Packers, Randall Cobb, who I like. Uh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, man! What? What's borderline, baby? I don't know. I could easily go nine on that one, but I'm going to say Yaman. Again, it's, I'm a, I'm, listen, I'm going to say Yaman for most of these guys for the benefit of the doubt because I do believe the total goes over 49. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Rodgers and Jordy in the same comp. Rodgers to Jordy. Yeah, man! No question, without All thinking. Right. Devontae Adams. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, load up. Looked awesome the last few weeks. I don't, I don't know how you can keep him out of your lineup in this type of game. Uh, the forty-five-year-old former seventh-round pick Starks. Yeah, man. I have to say it because he's in my Carrington lineup, so I can't say nine. The most important player on the Packers this week, Mason Crosby. I said we're leaving the kickers oh, out of it. Sorry. Yeah, man. <laughs> I do have him going in a few leagues, so. Uh, Pierre Garcon, as I like to call him. Yeah, man. What? Yeah, I'm playing him. Oh, boy. Yep, for sure. Hey, listen, if we're, if we're bearish on Deshaun Jackson, there, right. there's got to be somebody there. Yes, and the somebody is. Jackson yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah, I have him going again. He's, I think, like the number. He's a top ten wide receiver lately. I, I can't even. It. I can't even stress this enough. If the final score of this game is like thirteen to ten, I will miss the playoffs in every single league that, oh, that I'm in that, that start next week. That's great. All right, uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, man. Hey, who would you start this week, Kirk Cousins, or would you start Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor against the Bengals. Uh, I'd probably start uh, Cousins. Actually. I have Cousins in there right now. Let me ask you this. Uh, we're doing a would you rather inside Yaman or nine. This is something, this is like the matrix right now. Would you, would you rather of sucky podcasting? Well, it's not sucky podcasting. Would you rather play uh, Kirk cousins this week against the Packers? Or would you rather play Marcus Mariota against the Colts? Uh, Mariota that over under is 52. Yeah, I agree, but it's close for me. Rob Kelly. We're not done yet. Sucker. Oh, I forgot. Also playing him. This is a Packers rush defense that looks nowhere near what they were at the start of the season. All right. I think that does it. Oh, Matt Jones sucks. Whatever. He's nine, 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 nine. All right. Got another Hitler in there. I think you named everybody except for Kristen Michael. Nine, 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 nine. And what about Brett Fullwood? Nine, 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 nine. All right. Hopefully that helps out Tony in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Final. Email tonight. Oh, you know what this is, Thank Dave? Thank goodness. My playoff life depends on this. Corey Coleman or Eddie Royal this week. That's Mario in Pennington, New Jersey. Uh, you know what? We're running out of time, so I won't play the production drop for this. But who would you rather play this week? Eddie Royal against the Giants or Corey Coleman against the Pittsburgh football Steelers? Um, 
You know, I'm going to go with talent plus with Royal with a questionable tag. There's always a chance he gets dinged up. I'm going to go with Corey Coleman. I would too. And I think that the fact that, I mean, we, I guess we don't have a practice update on Royal today, but the fact that he was limited Royal. yesterday. Likely to go, I think. Likely to, likely to go against a very good Giants defense, too. Uh, maybe the targets will be there with Cutler zeroing in on him. Uh, but like Todd Roberts said, Zach Miller is probably the guy that you want to be starting in Chicago. That is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to thank Todd Roberts. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, you, for hanging out with us and listening to this awesome show. Speaking of awesome shows, the High Stakes Lowdown will be back. <laughs> Thanksgiving morning. Eat, before you eat the turkey, listen to the show. We're going to have John Kane on. John Kane, uh, a guy who has won a lot of money in the Football Guys Players Championship over yeah, the past good. few years. He's got a top 40 team in mm-hmm. the FPC again this year. So yeah. we're going to chat with him. Uh, and uh, Thursday morning, it's going to be such a great way to kick off a day of food, family, and football. Sure is. That's the best. If you could just listen to your show, nothing better. I mean, you know, honestly, yeah, you could wake up, listen to the show, go back to bed. You're probably that's going to be the highlight of your day. The, let's face it, you're not pe- you're peaking with listening to the show. We just wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I wish you a happy Thanksgiving happy because Thanksgiving you won't you here. won't be here. Thank you very much. You won't be here next week. Uh, we are going to do a show. I'll have a co-host lined up. Don't know who it is yet. Uh, send in your requests now. Yep, we'll be in Florida. Our whole family will be in Florida actually. So if you want to rob our house, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, you can probably find it on the internet. Yeah, I can d- listen. Just email. We'll have me. the alarm set though, so you better figure out the code. Yeah, give uh, give send me the email, and uh, I'll give you the home address. I'll give you the Google Map uh, directions, <laughs> and I'll bring some black clothes and help you out. <laughs> There's I, nothing just, to steal, like some TVs. Oh, there's plenty of stuff. I listen. I know all the nooks and crannies of your house. I know where, where all the I know where the Zapruder film is. <laughs> the whiskey. The whiskey. I know where it all is. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy your vacation. Safe travels. Okay, so that is going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Again, thanks to uh, everybody who made uh, tonight possible. Thanks for uh, Todd Roberts uh, and of course uh, the Dizzle. I want everybody to enjoy Thanksgiving. Uh, it has been a harrowing time in our country the last few months. A lot of people at each other's throats. Yeah, I, right. I hope when you gather around the Thanksgiving table, everybody Talk can just get along and have a great Thanksgiving together. Make it a good one. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy week 11. It's, it's upon us. Good luck in all your leagues. Hopefully we're talking to you in the playoffs next week. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go cause I got me a drop top And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass Is due for the uh, Thanksgiving meal that you're going to be down in Florida? Is it still traditional stuff, or do you get, get like some Cuban sandwiches? We'll probably have some fish. <laughs> I'll order the fish, but no one else in my family likes it, so I'll just get it. Oh, so it's going to be uh, an a la carte Thanksgiving for the Gerzaks. Yeah, I think we're actually doing some sort of turkey buffet crap at the Marriott. Turkey buffet crap at the Marriott. Mm, yummy. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs>